1: No other American has ever faced in the history of this country. We'll talk about that when it comes to recruiting numbers, other things. Hunter Biden, Peter Schiff breaks down inflation numbers, all that and more coming up on I'm Right. We'll get to the historic time you and I live in in just a moment. I just want to do a couple housekeeping items off the top. Primary season is here that's finally here, Iowa caucuses this Monday. All eyes will be on them and your eyes should remain right here on The First TV. Our beloved host, wildly talented Mike Slater will be here talking about all the caucus stuff live Monday night, yours truly meaning me. I will be joining him for at least a segment or two to discuss everything we're seeing. All that and more is coming up on Monday. What are we gonna see? I don't know, right? Chris Christie dropped out. He was never gonna compete anyway. He was only in the race to attack Trump. So what's that leave us with? Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek. And what are the stakes? Well, they're they're pretty big. Are all the poll numbers accurate? Is Donald Trump running away with it? I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. We'll find out on Monday. I think we can all be very honest with each other, no matter who you're supporting in the primary. On Monday, we're gonna find out whether this is gonna be a real race, whether DeSantis is gonna make a real run at this or not. If he wins Iowa, we're gonna have a run. If Trump goes out there and curb stomps everybody, this freaking thing is over. It it just is, so we'll find out. I will tell you the same thing I've been telling you. I don't tell you how to vote. I'm always honest with you about who I'm voting for and why I'm voting for it, but I don't tell you how to vote not my job to campaign for any of these rental cars. I will just tell you this, care enough to vote. As the primaries come up, whatever state you're in, care enough to participate in the primary, research, make a choice, it's your choice, your vote is the only power you have here in a representative republic, so I don't care who it is, but participate in primaries. The days of the good people sitting on a primary and just showing up to vote against Democrats have got to be put behind us. If you're tired of the useless GOP, then go get involved in primaries and change it. Remember this, you can love this, you can hate this, but it is 100% true. We're going to get the nominee we deserve. For better, for worse, doesn't matter, whoever we get, that's who we deserve there's not going to be any accusations of cheating it was rigged it was no 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 no. the gop primary voter will choose his nominee so whoever that is we deserve that person so participate now let's talk about something else you know the old saying well, i shouldn't say old saying sorry lord the biblical saying there's nothing new under the sun history repeats itself all kinds of different versions of that right it, that's a great, it's very true and very applicable to most situations. We, though, as Americans, we are facing something that no American has ever faced in the history of this country. And I'm not sure exactly what it means for the nation, but I know it's not good. Now, before I get to that something, before I put a word on it, what's the latest and greatest or worst? Hunter Biden indicted on federal tax charges in Los Angeles. This comes on the heels of Fannie Willis, that Trump prosecutor in Atlanta looking corrupt as all get up. She's having an affair. She's visiting the White House. We have arrests of pro-lifers. We have Joe Biden lying about anything and everything underneath the sun. Naked government corruption laid bare in front of everybody. And so that gets me to my thing. The thing that you, me, we're we're living through it. and We're going to live through it. And I don't know what it means. But no other American has ever had to live through this in previous generations. What is this? The most patriotic Americans aren't joining the military anymore. It's never happened before. Ever. From the inception of the nation, Civil War, World War I, Vietnam, it doesn't matter. The entire history of the United States of America is the most patriotic Americans joining the military, fighting for the country. Now, the recruiting numbers have bottomed out and look we have the white recruiting numbers white recruiting in the last five years has plummeted standard white recruiting numbers about 44,000 what is it now 25,000 down 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 it goes and we'll speak for a minute in a minute about what this probably means for the country and it's all horrible don't get me wrong but understand this I was in the Marines for four years. I'm certainly not some hero or anything like that. I was just an average grunt Marine. I have two sons. My sons will not join. They will not serve. We have already discussed it at length about this government, about what the government thinks about them, the constant anti-white rhetoric out of this government. You remember this new little doozy from the brand new chairman of the Joint Chiefs, CQ Brown. I can't fix centuries of racism in our country,
0: nor can I fix decades of discrimination that may have impacted members of our Air Force. I'm thinking about how I can make improvements personally, professionally, and institutionally so that all airmen, both today and tomorrow, appreciate the value of diversity and can serve in an environment where they can reach their full potential. I want the wisdom and knowledge to lead, participate in, and listen to necessary conversations on racism, diversity, and inclusion.
1: My sons aren't going to serve that. We don't serve cultural Marxism in our home. And it goes way, way, way beyond me. Maybe you're thinking, well, Jesse, that's you. Because I was in, because of what I do, because of my friend circle, I have so many veterans who are friends, veterans of various wars from Vietnam to the global war on terror, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that. I don't have a single, not one, veteran friend of mine who is encouraging his sons to join the military. And I will tell you well north of 90% of the veterans I know are actively discouraging their children from joining. In fact, I don't have a single veteran friend whose child is joining the military. These are families who oftentimes can date back their military service through both world wars. Some of my friends can date back their military, their family's military service to the Revolutionary War. Now in the year of our Lord, 2024, that line is breaking in families across the nation. The people who love freedom, family, who love America what it was, They are now, for the first time in our nation's history, this didn't even happen in Vietnam, they are refusing to join to serve a corrupt, evil regime. They don't wanna
2: join to have discussions about white rage. I wanna understand white rage, and I'm white, and I wanna understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building, and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. What caused that? I want to find that out.
1: You can get mad all you want. You can yell and scream, you should join anyway, you should serve. Get mad all you want. 16, 17-year-old patriotic boys who grow up, they're taught to stand up and remove their hat, put their hand over their heart when the national anthem sings. These are type A personalities, probably athletic adrenaline junkies, football players, wrestlers, outdoorsmen, hunters, fishers. They don't join, they won't join to serve pride flags. They won't join to find their white rage. They will find different ways to serve their nation. And our military is not only lacking patriots to sign up, the wonderful people who are in are leaving. The retention numbers are actually more terrifying than the recruiting numbers. Maybe that's you right now. My emails are full of the most wonderful, Hardcore pipe hitters in the military saying, Jesse, I'm gone. Jesse, I'm finishing my 20, I'm gone. Jesse, as soon as this stint's over, I'm gone. Jesse, I can't wait to be gone. Jesse, I'm leaving, Jesse, I'm leaving. Doesn't matter whether you're right, left, middle, whether what I'm saying is making you angry or not. What I'm saying is happening right now. The United States of America Its most hardcore patriots believe the United States of America is turning into an evil regime. They will not sign up for it. They will not sign up to serve a nation that is openly hostile to them. You cannot line up time and time and time again and call the most patriotic people threats to democracy and then turn around and ask them to bleed and die for that nation in uniform. They will refuse to do so. Now. What are the communists gonna do in response to this? Because the Lord knows they're never gonna allow the military to actually shrink. We always need this gigantic standing army for whatever reason. Well, they could fill up the military with people who either openly hate the country, there's a lot of that, or they'll fill it up with illegals who have no loyalty to the country whatsoever.
3: You know what the recruiting numbers are at the army and the navy and the air force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them the chance? I
1: think we should. My sons will not serve that. They will not serve under that. My sons will not share a fighting hole in a hostile place with an illegal who has no loyalty to them or this nation they will not serve it. My husband, my my husband, my sons, every veteran I know, their sons, they will not serve a government that is occupied by people like Yvette Clark, who go on camera and talk about flooding this country with illegals in order to protect her congressional seat.
4: When I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, Um, no room in the inn, I'm saying, you know, I I need more people in my district but just for redistricting purposes.
3: And those members could could clearly uh, fit here.
1: That evil piece of filth. My children will not serve in a government where that lady is running things. Yours probably won't either. Where does that mean? Where does that lead us? Where where does it leave us? Where, Where are we going? I don't know. I know towards the end of the Roman Empire, they ran into this exact same thing. Roman citizens had soured on their nation because of the corruption, naked corruption of their government. They refused to join the military, whereas that had always been something Romans had done. The Roman military then filled up with foreigners, all kinds of foreigners, and well, then the clock was ticking until the end. Hopefully, that's not our future, but that's where we are as a country. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Let's talk about the border, flooding this country with illegals. Let's talk about Mayorkas. We'll talk to Andy Biggs, Congressman Andy Biggs, about that next. Before we get to that, I want to remind you of something else horrible that's happening. Chuck Schumer just got up recently. We played you the video. I'm not going to play it for you again. And he bragged, bragged, that the United States government is about to pass another budget without a nickel, that was his words, not mine, without a nickel in cuts. We are racing towards the fiscal cliff, adding a trillion dollars in debt every three months, and our senators, our most powerful people, brag when they don't have to cut a penny. You can only protect yourself. You cannot bank on this evil government protecting your money, protect yourself oxford gold group is for normal people not millionaires and billionaires for normal people to get some gold coins or silver coins in their physical possession this is for people who've worked their butts off and have a retirement a 401k an ira and they don't want to watch it wiped out by these pieces of trash in washington that's why oxford gold group is there i am proud to partner with them i love these guys call them 833-995-gold let them handle it. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They'll take care of you. I promise. Eight three three nine nine five gold. We'll be back. focus mood libido maximize your masculinity at chalk.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any subscription for life c-h-o-q.com code jesse for lifetime savings on any subscription limited time offer subscriptions cancelable at any time
2: like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
1: I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver.
2: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Apparently, you're afraid he of my going. words. Whoa. Uh, here <laughs> well,
1: that was all honestly just really kind of awful and, and embarrassing. Anyway, let's talk to the congressman about that. Joining me now, Congressman Andy Biggs from the great state of Arizona. Okay, Andy, what happened there? Why did he even show up? What was happening there?
3: Well, he was showing up as a PR stunt. He wanted to deflect from the actual fact that he had contempt for Congress and we're going to hold him in contempt. He was the prop. The Democrats wanted to say, oh, see, he's here. He's willing to testify. See, he's even sitting here. But uh, both uh, Mace and Marjorie, uh, Nancy Mason and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they put it to him and just, you know, they they were the first two Republicans to go and and, uh, they started asking questions. And you know what? That guy bolted out of there so fast, you would have thought that, uh, uh, you know, his tail was on fire or something. But I mean, the reality is he did not want to answer questions. He did not want to be confronted. He didn't know it was that we were ready to bring the heat.
1: Okay, he was indicted on federal tax charges in California today. Does this give him legal cover to not talk to you? That's really what everyone wants. They want him to be forced to, under oath, talk and disclose what he knows about Joe Biden's business.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's in a way it's the cover because if we are able to get him to come in, believe me, I have a lot of questions with his business dealings. I've got tons of questions I'm gonna ask him. So about business dealings that I'm sure he hasn't even thought about, um, that I know about, that I've had witnesses tell me about. and And I know Comer's got a bunch of questions. Uh, Virtually every member of the, the, both committees judiciary and oversight, both are ready to ask him a bunch of questions, but he's gonna sit there and say, oh, well, you know, I'm under investigation. I've got criminal charges. I can't answer. Uh, Or he's gonna take the fifth, or, you know, it's a whole mountain of things that he's trying to do to to, uh, prevent us from knowing the truth, prevent not just us in Congress, but the American people. I believe Jesse, that if we did this publicly, and he started taking the Fifth Amendment, uh, saying "I don't, I don't, have, I'm not going to testify," it might incriminate me, that type of thing. I think the American people would surmise the same thing that we we all know here already. He's corrupt. His family's corrupt. Joe Biden's corrupt.
1: Speaking of corrupt, let's talk about the border. Obviously, these people have opened it. They've opened it on purpose. It's not uh, a whoopsie. They didn't fumble. They've opened up the borders of our country. We are now flooded with illegals. Alejandro Mayorkas is facing an impeachment. Where are we on all this?
3: So I talked to Mark Green, who's the chairman of that committee today, and they were going to go forward with uh, another... Uh, perhaps even a hearing or a markup next week, but Mayorkas is claiming that he is unavailable because he'll be meeting with <laughs> representatives from Mexico. That's that's absurd. You know what? You know what I think should happen? Just go ahead and run that that impeachment uh, resolution through, and let's get it done. Because I don't know how we're going to be able to withstand 12 more months if any of them look like last December's numbers. Uh, you know. Jesse, I was down at the border multiple times during the the interim, and I can tell you it is as bad, frankly, it's not as bad, it is worse than I have ever seen it before.
1: Where does that leave us as a country, Congressman, when we can't really stop it? I understand the GOP is trying right now, but because they have the executive branch, because they just frankly refuse to follow the law, and they get away with that, thanks to Merrick Garland, They've opened up the country, and Andy, we can't do anything about it. I don't know that this genie goes back in the lamp.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a good comment, but I'll tell you what the the GOP could do in Congress if it had the wherewithal to do it. And that would be to say, we're not gonna fund this federal government because it is decimating the country. That's a twofer because, that we spend too much money anyway. So you could actually maybe reduce the spending a little bit. I'm introducing a piece of legislation um, probably later today, early tomorrow morning to deal with that. Uh, But the second thing you could do is you could start saying, we're just not going to give you any money at all, at all until you actually secure the border. Mine's a little bit more nuanced because I say, "We'll, we'll continue to fund ICBP, uh, TSA, air traffic controllers, the military, make sure our vets are taken care of. But other than that, we're not funding the government, right? And if that's the case, then guess what? Uh, we would have a leverage point over this administration. But Jesse, you can't take 12 more months of 400 000 to 500,000 people crossing into the country illegally. You just can't do it. Uh, Because as you say, the genie doesn't go back in the bottle. You can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. Whatever you want to say,
1: it will have changed our country uh, permanently. Well, fingers crossed. Rooting for you. Let's hope you can find some other people in the caucus with some guts. Congressman, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, speaking of all that spending, we got inflation numbers today. Okay, they're bad. But what does that mean? Okay, inflation's bad. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for the future? What does it mean for the debt? Well, these are all questions Peter Schiff, who accurately predicted the last financial disaster in 08, these are things we're gonna talk to him about before we do that. It's time to cut costs. You know it and I know it. We're all looking for ways, aren't we? Everyone's looking for ways, cut this, cut that. I've got a way to save some money. How about not paying for your timeshare anymore? No, I'm not telling you to get delinquent on your bills. Get out of that timeshare. Ah, but Jesse, I can't. I signed the contract. Lone Star Transfer will get you out of that timeshare. All you have to do is make a phone call. This is a family business. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. This isn't some scam artist. They're successful 99% of the time getting people legally and permanently out. All you have to do is call them. 844 2646 they can't they can't help you if you don't call 844-310-2646 we'll be back Focus, mood, libido, maximize your masculinity at chalk.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com. Code Jesse for lifetime savings on any subscription. Limited time offer. Subscriptions cancelable at any time. I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver. Well, look, we talk about all these issues, right? Taxes and spending and border and abortion and all these other things. But the truth is what most people care about right now, what even normal people care about, is the fact that they're poorer today. Everyone is. 17% inflation. That's what we've all experienced since Joe Biden took office. We got inflation numbers today a little bit Hotter than usual, 3.4%. All this is basically terrible. Combine this with the fact Washington, D.C. hasn't stopped printing and spending money. In fact, they haven't even slowed down. Well, that makes me almost cringe as I introduce Peter Schiff, because I know he's probably got some horrible things to tell us. Joining me now, chief economist and global strategist, Strategist. easy for me to say, at Euro-Pacific Asset Management. Okay, Peter, I can't imagine you're going to be all sunshine and rainbows today, but please take it away.
5: Well, no, and you're absolutely correct. Americans are getting poorer, and they're going to get a lot poorer as long as the U.S. government continues to grow and spend their money. Uh, But the way the government has been choosing to spend money recently is by debt and borrowing. And in order to finance that, the Federal Reserve has printed a lot of money. And that is the source of the inflation. In fact, that is the very definition of inflation. It's an expansion of the supply of money, but not just money, credit and we got some news last week that consumer credit has exploded to an all-time record as Americans continue to borrow to buy things that they don't earn enough money to afford, and all that means more upward pressure on prices. The Fed has done too little too late uh, to put the inflation genie back in the bottle, and the Biden administration has done nothing. In fact, we've had very stimulative Uh, fiscal policy. We're running nearly a trillion dollars of debt every quarter under Biden. And and that means a lot more inflation and prices are going much
1: higher. Okay. Uh, Peter, help me understand what this means. Let's focus on the consumer part, because this has been one of those trends, and I'm an idiot, but I know this is alarming and really, really bad. Consumer credit card debt through the roof, consumer savings bottoming out. Uh, Those two things combined are horrific beyond belief. What does it mean for a nation when the people itself drown in debt? Not just the government, the people themselves. What do we do when there's a personal debt crisis?
5: Yeah, and you know, the people are on the hook for the $34 trillion in government debt. I mean, where does the government get the money to pay the debt from the people who are already broke and have their own debt? And in fact, Americans are a lot broker than they think if they try to factor in their personal share of that $34 trillion national debt. And of course, that's not all the debt. That's the tip of a debt iceberg. It's about 200 trillion in total when you look at all of the unfunded liabilities uh, that Americans are on the hook for based on what the federal government has obligated them to pay. Now, obviously, because Americans are too broke to pay the debts, they're gonna be inflated away. The Federal Reserve is gonna be called on to monetize this debt, to print money, and so rather than Americans losing their money, they're gonna lose the value of their money. The purchasing power of dollars is gonna crash. And that means the price of everything that you buy with dollars is going to go
1: way up. Peter, can you help me understand something? And maybe this is more of a psychological question instead of a financial one, but the things you and I discuss here when we talk about inflation and debt and a trillion dollars on the debt every three months and all, all these other things, these are not Republican or Democrat or libertarian issues. These, these is ma- this is math. The debt crisis is mathematically guaranteed. No ifs, ands, buts, it's coming. Yet nobody in D.C., Republicans, Democrats, nobody acts as if it is coming. Can you explain that to me?
5: Well, the problem is it's been coming for a long time. And, And guys like me have been warning about it for a long time. And yet we haven't had a crisis yet. I mean, we've had financial crisis. In fact, we had another one in March of last year, but they were able to... Uh, you know, sweep the problems under the rug uh, with another round of bailouts. But because we've been able to do this, you know, kick the can down the road for so many years, people on Washington now who maybe were concerned about these issues five or 10 years ago, just assume that this can go on indefinitely because it hasn't become a crisis yet. And I think that kind of conceit is going to come back to bite us because We are gonna have a massive sovereign debt and currency crisis. It's not a question of will we have one, but a question of when we have one. And the longer we wait for it, the worse it's going to be. Because between now and the crisis, the problems keep getting worse. We have more and more debt and we have a more dysfunctional economy that is built on that foundation. And so when ultimately it collapses, it's gonna be far more painful for far more people
1: because it went on for so long. Peter, can you explain what it looks like? You mentioned pain, you mentioned the crisis. I talk about this as well. But for a normal person, they don't understand how that applies to them. There's a family, a bunch of them watching us right now in their living room. What does it mean to them that the country has a debt crisis? What does that mean? Well,
5: it's gonna mean a much lower standard of living for everybody. I mean, most Americans, you know, they they go to a job or maybe they don't have a job, right? They're retired or, uh, you know, whatever they're doing, they're unemployed, but they buy a lot of stuff. They go to the store, they buy all sorts of things, but they don't actually help produce any of those things. So where's all this stuff coming from, right? Well, it's coming from foreign countries by and large. It's coming from uh, Asia. Uh, people are producing stuff and sending it here. And what are we giving them uh, in exchange. We're giving them our paper. We're giving them the dollars that, that we print. Uh, but what are they doing with them? Because you know we're not making stuff for them to buy. So they, they buy our financial assets. They buy our bonds. Or maybe they buy up some stocks or real estate here. Um, but I think as the dollar really starts to fall, uh, our creditors are not going to want to recycle their trade surpluses into our financial assets. And the dollar is going to crash. And then all the goods that we import, which is pretty much everything we consume, uh, are going to be too expensive for Americans to afford. And of course, a lot of Americans also buy stuff on credit. Well, where's the credit coming from? Where's the savings? Well, that's coming from abroad too. Well, when foreigners don't want to make our savings available to them and they don't want to provide us with goods, uh, then our whole way of life is going to uh, come crashing down and Americans are gonna have to accept a a much lower standard of living where they end up working a lot more, uh, but consuming a lot less.
1: Jeez. Peter, when? Well, I I know that's an opinion question, but when, I'll I'll tell you, the fact we're adding a trillion every three months and knowing that that is increasing with interest rates and whatnot, that, that tells me it's gotta be soon. It may not be tomorrow, but it's coming soon, right? Well, it's, look, it's
5: obviously coming a lot sooner than I thought it was five or 10 years ago or more, because this is not the first time I've pointed these problems out. It's just that now they're bigger uh, than whenever I pointed them out in the past. And you know, we, we've seen some of the rumblings. Again, we've had some big problems, but we haven't had the final crisis. But again, that's just a function of, of time. We've been able to fool more people and go deeper into debt and allow the underlying structural problems to get much worse. So yeah, I mean, we're literally living on borrowed time. I don't know, I mean, every day I go to sleep, we could wake up in a new reality because I think our fate will be sealed in the foreign markets because that's really our major creditors and our major suppliers. And they're the ones that are gonna, you know, pull the rug out from under this. Uh, But, you know, people should be prepared. I mean, I've been prepared for a long time personally in my investment portfolio at Europe Pacific Asset Management. We're building portfolios for people to protect their wealth, their purchasing power from a dollar crisis, from a U.S. sovereign debt crisis. That's really all you can do. I mean, we can't avert the crisis. There's nothing that I can do to stop it. It's going to happen. All I can try to do is minimize the financial damage to myself and, and to my clients and, and that's what I'm trying to do. And of course, you know, if enough people prepare in the way that I'm suggesting, that's also gonna be good for the country. Uh, because if everybody is broke, that's an even bigger problem. If at least some people don't go broke in America, then we have you know a group of people that can help finance uh, the rebuilding of the country, because we're gonna to need to rebuild a lot of critical uh, manufacturing infrastructure uh, that we've lost over the decades. Jeez,
1: Peter. Thank you for giving us some hard truths. More people should be doing this daily. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. All uh, right, speaking of hard truths, Iowa caucuses are Monday. Sean Spicer is gonna join us next. He might have some things you don't like to hear, might have some things you love to hear, but either way, we're gonna talk to him about it. Before we do that, did you know that we have a history special this week on Francisco Franco, the Spanish dictator, the man who won the Civil War? Great guy, bad guy somewhere in between, go to thefirsttv.com slash history and check it out, all right? We'll be back. Focus, mood, libido, maximize your masculinity at chalk.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com. Code Jesse for lifetime savings on any subscription. Limited time offer. Subscriptions cancelable at any time. I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver. Have we already forgotten about the bank closures, inflation, global instability, World War III that sadly may be coming? Look, okay primary is now officially here well kind of officially i don't know whether does it start monday whatever iowa caucuses are monday let's talk to sean about that he knows way more about this than me and well pretty much everybody sean spicer of the amazing sean spicer show which you should be watching every night 7 p.m right here on the first tv okay sean Iowa caucuses are here. Iowa caucuses are a very, very different bird for people who are not in Iowa and don't understand. How's this work, Sean? Do people just go up and punch a little ticket and go vote in the primary on Monday? Is that what the caucuses are? Well, good to see it. A, it's a little
4: colder uh, than it is for a lot of us in Iowa. Uh, They're saying it's going to be like minus four. Uh, But for Iowa, that's like a warm day, I think. so look, the Republicans in different caucus, a little different, but to your point, it's not a primary. You can't cast your ballot early. You go at a specific time. It's seven o'clock on Monday, which will be a federal holiday in Iowa. It's a little odd to be voting on a Monday for most people, but they'll go and then they make their preference known and they can leave. It takes a little bit more time and it's it's obviously a little bit more appointment than it is just on a, on a normal primary day, say in New Hampshire or South Carolina, where you can cast your ballot you know, from like 6 or 7 in the morning till 6 or 7 at night, you walk in, you walk out. This takes a little bit more coordination, which is why for not just the Trump campaign, but for the DeSantis campaign in particular, it's a real test of organization. Not just can you get someone to say they're going to support you or to answer yes in a poll, but they got to be willing to go, you know, drive to that VFW, the community center, the government hall at 7 o'clock Monday night and make their preference
1: known. Okay, well, let's talk about that then, Sean. Every, every candidate, no matter who they are, even Joe Biden, every candidate has a certain percentage of their supporters who will crawl naked across a mile of broken glass to vote for them. And every candidate has some wishy-washy supporters. That's just the nature of politics. I know Trump has a hardcore base. Does DeSantis?
4: That's a great question. I, I don't know that he's got a hardcore... He definitely doesn't have the base like Trump does. But the question, so so that's a great question with respect to the Iowa caucus. The question I think is more, what is more germane is, have they identified forty to 60,000 people that are willing to show up for them at 7 o'clock? Now, the thing that's important to understand that is so different, not just about Iowa, but about DeSantis and what's going to happen on Monday, is that The campaign normally runs the ground game, identifying the key voters, following up with them, chasing them, making sure that, do you have a ride? Are you definitely going to show up? Do you have a plan? Blah, 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 blah. In the case of DeSantis, they outsourced this to the Super PAC Never Back Down because they were able to transfer uh, upwards of $80 million from a state campaign that doesn't abide by federal limits. Um, So it's a bit wonky to understand, but there's a reason they did it. It was the only way that legally they could transfer $80 million that the governor had in this state account in Florida and be able to use it. So they transferred it all over. Now, what what you do when you do that is you give it to your PAC, your super PAC, and say, here's what we want you to do. But you can't coordinate any of that. So you're hoping that they know what they're doing and they do it well. So you, but, but the reason I bring this all up, Jesse, I mean, they've probably put $50 million on the ground. You could have bought everyone in Iowa, a John Deere or a Ford F-150 for what they're spending. And that's why I say all that to answer your question, because in president Trump's case, it's real. These are people who will, you know, to your example, who will crawl through a bed of nails on fire to get there. In DeSantis's case, it has been methodical. It's data-driven. It's just identifying X person who lives in Cedar Rapids and saying, okay, we know that they say they're going to do it, show up. Now let's track them. Let's follow them. Let's persuade them. Let's get them to get out there and, and go. Uh, it's two different models, and we're going to find out who wins. But if you can get 65, 60, I mean sixty to 65,000 people to show up, they expect the universe to be about 200,000. It had been in the 180s before. Uh, you win. Now, um, I, I, so this is going to be a really interesting, as far as I'm concerned, because the, the big question Monday night is, did Trump win by more than 20 points? No one in the history of the caucuses has ever had 50%. No one. And no one's had the lead that Trump's have. If the lead comes down to 10, 10-ish 10 points, I think the mainstream media is going to say that Trump lost a lot of support. If he blows this thing out 15, 20 points, uh, DeSantis is done. It's good night. I hope you like hanging out in Iowa. Uh, or You've got some plans for the weekend because you're done. He cannot. DeSantis, after blowing that kind of cash and going all in on Iowa, can't say that I got my butt kicked by 20 points and I, I'm going to play on.
1: Focus, mood, libido, maximize your masculinity at chalk.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any subscription for life. C-H-O-Q.com. Code Jesse for lifetime savings on any subscription. Limited time offer. Subscriptions cancelable at any time. I keep hearing that a lot of people are still on the fence about owning gold and silver. Have we already forgotten about the bank closures, inflation, global instability, World War 3 that sadly may be coming? Look Okay, it sounds like you're anticipating a Trump win no matter what. So you're not anticipating, because I, I can hear all the DeSantis fans groaning right now. Doesn't seem like you think he has a chance.
4: Well, no. I, okay, so here's here's what I'll tell you. I believe that based on everything that I've seen, Trump is going to win by plus 20. They have an unbelievable, I was there in 2015. I've been out to Iowa in the last few months. Everybody will tell you that his effort on the ground is much more data-driven. It is much more focused. It is much more professional. Now, DeSantis has a great team as well. I'm not going to I'm not going to, but there's nothing that I've seen in the public polling and as much as I have major problems with public polling, but I will tell you that it's good for trends. It doesn't tell you necessarily who's, but, and there's nothing trend-wise that suggests that DeSantis is on the ascent. Therefore, I will tell you this. If Trump wins by more than 20 or more, it's over. You cannot, I talked to Ron DeSantis right after the Alabama debate down there. And I asked him, are you still all in in Iowa? And he said, absolutely, we're gonna win it. So how do you claim that you're gonna win? How do you spend tens of millions of dollars and then get your butt kicked by 20 points and claim that you still should go on? Now, to your point about your viewers, if if a bunch of DeSantis folks on Monday night say, hey, he he only lost by eight points. I would say that that's a pretty good loss. Eight points right now uh, gives you the ability to fight another day. Now, the problem for DeSantis, just to fast forward this, he's put all of his chips in in Iowa. So how do you go on to New Hampshire uh, where Nikki Haley is definitely on the a- 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 ascent there? So DeSantis has a problem because right now, even if he does okay in Iowa, I don't know his path forward.
1: Okay. Why is New Hampshire so different than Iowa, Sean? At least, at least according to public polling. However, you want no, to look no, no, at no. it. It's... Why is it? So, why is it so different polling-wise? Who would like Nikki Haley? Why do they like her there? So, she
4: sucks. God, you're on a roll. Great second question. Uh, the reason is twofold. Number one, uh, New Hampshire allows independents to to vote in its primaries. Right. That's always been the case. And you've always had about a third of the electorate in uh, in New Hampshire that ultimately votes in their primary be independents. So number one, they, they are targeting and expect more independents this year than in the past. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, and this is historic, there's no Democratic primary to speak of. Joe Biden is not competing in New Hampshire. He's taken his name off the ballot. The DNC has told them that none of their delegates will count. So if you are a Democrat in uh, in New Hampshire, you have an incentive. And I'm talking, think about this, two, 3,000 people. We're not talking about a 100,000 people. If two or three or 4,000 Democrats cross over and vote in the Republican primary to vote for Nikki Haley, that will make a big difference. And so for those two reasons, New Hampshire is unique. It's not a closed primary. You're not just getting Republicans that are talking about the, uh, you know, deciding who the winner is, who will get their delegates. That's why New Hampshire is unique. And I think, as I said, historically unique this year, because you don't have a contest on the other side to speak of. And I, I if I were um, a, a New Hampshire Democrat, why not just go vote and screw with the Republicans?
1: Okay, final question on this, Sean. We all talk about Iowa and New Hampshire, understandably, because they're first. Super Tuesday's something political nerds like you and me will understand, but a lot of people, they kind of, look, it, gets, it does get confusing. You know about your own state's primary, you don't know. What what happens after New Hampshire?
4: So again, here's what I, there's what traditionally happens after New Hampshire and what will happen this year. Um, so you go New Hampshire, Nevada, it's a, well, it's, it's actually a, you want to talk about a political nerd issue. They've got both a primary and a caucus this year um, where they where they're, there's a primary that doesn't award delegates and then a caucus that does award delegates. So uh, we'll, we'll skip that for a second. Then you go on to South Carolina and then to your point, super Tuesday where you've got multiple States on the same day. Why traditionally that matters is because you go from a bunch of smaller States, New Hampshire, So Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, where you can run a very focused campaign. You can do the 99 counties in Iowa. You can go to one end of New Hampshire to another. But once you get to Super Tuesday, you've got to now prove that you can run a national campaign. You've got to go from one end of America to the other end. Um, And so traditionally, that's when you find out whether you're on the JV or the varsity. You literally have to go, can we actually... Run a national campaign. This Super Tuesday will exponentially benefit Donald Trump. And if he can win. Now, why I say this is historic is because the the scenario that I laid out is this. DeSantis doesn't get close in Iowa. He's done. You cannot go forward. It just won't happen. He will fall out the next day, if not two days later. Nikki Haley will fall out in New Hampshire if she doesn't finish a close second. If she does not finish a close second or win New Hampshire, she has a hard time claiming that she should go on. After everything that she's been there, uh, she's got the backing of uh, Americans for Prosperity, the Koch-backed organization. She's got the governor, John John Sununu, backing her. Um, So if she doesn't do well there, I don't see how she goes on she'll have a hard time making it two weeks later to South Carolina. And even if she got to South Carolina, and here's to your put a point into your Super Tuesday note, if you're the former two-term governor of South Carolina and you don't win your home state, yeah. which by all yeah. polling right now shows she's, getting, she's not close, how do you make the case that the people who know me best don't want me, but you should?
1: Yeah, that's basically impossible. You want more of this stuff? Go download, go subscribe to Sean's podcast. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble. Obviously, as smart a stuff as you can find anywhere. Sean, you are the man. I appreciate you, brother. All right. We have Light in the Mood. Next. All right. It's time to Light in the Mood. And you know what makes me smile? You know what? warms my heart and fills me with joy people hurting themselves like i'm sorry i know i'm a bad person it's always made me laugh and you're a liar if you say this doesn't make you laugh you okay, say colorado <laughs> it was the chick in the liquor store that did it to me. The poor ladder—it just couldn't hang on anymore. I'll see you